everybody knew Hulk Hogan. He was in movies. For sure. You had Hulk Hogan's demandments. You like I remember this just from when I was really little, but it was like say your prayers, eat your vitamins, do your training, and believe in yourself. Like that's what the Hulk says. <laughs> right? Say awesome. your prayers. Like awesome. <laughs> oh, that's wicked. Like he was the good guy of good guys. He was the giant slayer in WWF. Like he beat Andre the Giant and every other kind of oversized Okay. Sure. wrestler they had like he was just the hero of heroes and then he comes in and he's a total bad guy oh okay so they f- like flipped him around they flipped him yeah they 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 call like bad guys are called uh heels okay and good guys are called faces and so they turned him heel is what they called it, it was the biggest oh, heel okay. turn in the history of wrestling <laughs> and it was okay. probably the biggest heel turn that would ever be in wrestling was turning hulk hogan Wow, and I'm ki- like, you watch this bash at the beach. Everybody's booing. There's garbage all over the ring. Like people are just throwing <laughs> their cups. They're everything at these guys. Like, they just hate them. Yeah, and so and Hulk, he'd been retired at this point. Is that right? No, he was he was wrestling with WCW. Okay, okay, but he just shows up and he's like, "Yep, I'm a bad guy." And he says, "This is the new world order of wrestling." That's how the NWO started. Sure. Okay. And it was just those three. And they kind of take on this biker gang, street gang thing. But they were like beating. That's when like in wrestling matches, they'd start beating people up in parking lots. or Right. Like there's this one one where uh, Kevin Nash picks up Rey Mysterio over his head and throws him into the side of a trailer. <laughs> and people actually called the police. <laughs> <laughs> no way yes no way people actually thought that like a street gang was trying to take over wcw what yeah we're just getting it all on camera and they're fine yeah, with that this is just what's no like, way is, people actually yeah. called the cops yeah unreal yeah and so but pretty like what their gimmick became is they just show up at the end of nitro and like ruin a match and ruin someone else you know sure and just spoil it right yeah but people just bought into it. And this was what started the rating ratings climb for WCW. Okay. Was the NWO and this idea of like this street gang taking over the company. Everything just everything. getting visceral and, and, yeah. and, and I don't know, out of the norm. Just changing things, breaking the mold. Exactly, yeah. Huh. And so what I... NWO, it was their the cause of their rise. I think it was one of the reasons why they ended up going down, was because they they couldn't find a resolution for it, and it just kept growing. And all of a sudden, you've got like everybody in WCW at one point in time has been a member of the NWO. Mm, sure, it, like it stops being unique, it stops being interesting. Right. So, but anyway, couldn't evolve. Yeah, and at the same time, so Sting, you know Sting, but you know like of course. Crow Sting, right? Like, yeah, yeah, for sure. So Sting started in the '80s, and he had this like California surfer boy thing. He had blonde hair and colorful makeup, oh, wow. like you'd remember it from the costumes, like because you could do custom costumes in a WCW NWO Revenge. Do yeah, you remember it at all? Yeah, yeah. Like, he had for colorful sure. costumes you could still choose. So that's how he started out. But then you've got this huh. match, and um. Lex Luger's called out, out. Lex Luger's in the middle of a match. He's about to beat up Rick Steiner. And a ref comes out and says, someone's looking for you in the parking lot. And he runs out in the parking lot. 
and you can see this other guy talking to someone in a limo and it sounds like sting, but you're not sure. And then Lex Luger goes outside and he sees this limo and then all these NWO guys jump out and start beating him. And then sting or who we think is sting comes out of the limo and starts beating the crap out of Lex Luger. And they had been like world tag team champions together. Like they were buddies. Sure. So it's this, it's this big betrayal, but it's, not the actual Sting. It's this Sting who's wearing... It was like the same face paint design, but it had black instead of bright colors. So it's like the NWO Sting. Okay. Yeah, the emo <laughs> Sting. <laughs> and then... Uh, so NWO Sting... Everybody turns their back on Sting because of this fake ND, uh, NWO Sting. And so the real Sting comes back and beats the crap out of NWO Sting. <laughs> and NWO's like, will you join us? And he's like, you can't afford me. <laughs> and he says, I'm a free agent now. I'm leaving. And Sting was like the Hulk Hogan of WCW. Okay. Like he was, he like was the their poster boy. Yeah, he was their poster boy. He was their top, you know, wrestler. And they benched him for 15 months. And that's when he starts putting Whoa. on the... Yeah, he didn't wrestle a match for 15 months. He'd start making appearances, and that's when he puts on, like, his crow makeup. Okay. And his trench coat and the baseball bat. Yeah. But they just, you'd see him in the rafters. You'd see him, like, show, like just kind of creeping around. So was he injured or something? Or, like, what was the reason no, behind that? it was to build up hype. Jeez. And so that's where Sting starts, like, dropping from the rafters and stuff like that. So oh, the that's NWO right, because that was his around. thing, wasn't it? That was his thing, right? Yeah, yeah, Like, yeah, if yeah. you remember in NWO Revenge, when you're doing, like, the 40-man battle royale, and someone gets eliminated, and then someone else comes in with Sting, the camera angle goes to the entryway, and then it zooms up to the top to watch him. Just, and it was, like, it was so annoying. Yeah, that's right. Because the camera angle's always changing, you're like, oh, like, I'm going to throw up. Right. But his entrance was always... And, and you could do another mode where, like, you'd have, like, unlimited items, and he'd come in as a helper... Oh, okay. Do you remember that? So you'd be like mid-match, and then he'd just all of a sudden appear and drop from the rafters to like break up the match or help you out or whatever. Oh, great. But that was what like was happening in real life. So he didn't huh. wrestle a match, but he'd show up and he'd just like descend from the rafters and beat people up. And he's you know he's coming <laughs> after Hulk Hogan, and Hulk Hogan's <laughs> afraid of him. Like he's always chasing off Hulk Hogan. And there was this one where like like Eric Bischoff standing in the ring and. And he's talking about Sting, and he keeps looking up. He's like, we can't seem to find him anywhere. And he looks up, and he's like, no, he's not there. And then Sting breaks out of the corner of the wrestling ring. (laughs) (laughs) And he, like, creeps up behind Eric Bischoff. And Eric Bischoff's just like, yeah, we can't find him anywhere. And then he comes up and (laughs) grabs Does a scorpion death drop or whatever? It's like inverted DDT, and then just like disappears into the blackness. And then there's this other one where like NWO has crashed a match, and it, so it's just like this big gang of all these people beating up, ruining the match. And then you start seeing this sting, and he's walking down from the rafter or from the from the bleachers. And then there's this other sting walking down from the bleachers. And then it's like every staircase that leads to the ring, there's a sting walking down from the bleachers, but it's just people wearing sting masks. And they all come in and they they start fighting with people, but the NWO is beating him up. And then there's this one guy wearing a sting mask and goes over and Buff Bagwell grabs him. And he thinks he does like a, I don't know, like a, a stone cold stunner or whatever on him. 
Right. But but this Sting with the mask just stands up, and Buff Bagwell thinks he's taken him out. But he hasn't. Sting, didn't he's even just hurt lurking him. behind him and takes off his mask, and it's Sting wearing Sting face paint, right? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like Sting takes off his mask to reveal that he's Sting. <laughs> And then beats the crap out of everybody and sends them all away, right? Like oh. it was just the way. So they had the two amazing things they did was they turned Hulk Hogan and they turned Sting. Okay. Right? So yeah. Sting just becomes this like vigilante who's lost everything. WC, do you have water running or something? Um, I. Oh, yeah. Stephanie's probably. Oh, having okay. a bath or something. This just adds character. It's good. This is this is the this is the high quality nature of this nature podcast. Of this podcast. I'm but not yeah. in the basement. <laughs> I'm not the studio. I'm not. Yeah, we're in a studio. Totally. We're face to face right now. Yeah, we absolutely. This is yeah. this is good stuff. This is about as real as it gets. <laughs> That's true. This is about <laughs> as real as WCW. <laughs> about as real as Sting. But yeah, you've got to watch some of this stuff on, uh, you know, so Sting, even after WWF bought WCW Sting, he left and he joined another promotion called TMA, TNA Impact that used to play on Spike. And okay. then he was kind of in independent circles for a while. But then he uh, he starts showing up in WWF and does the same thing. He's okay. doing his same, like, the lights wow. go off and all of a sudden he appears and he starts... You know, saving the day and so he crosses over. He yeah, he ends up. But this was like 2015, and he's oh, wow. in his fifties. So like, why is he? Well, I guess he's maybe he's had his heyday. Did he stop being the guy? Um, I think like in TNA Impact, he was still a big deal. But I think the, I think they must have just offered him whatever they needed to offer him to get him to come over. Sure. I think. Sorry, excuse me. He said in interviews, he didn't want to go over to WWF in the beginning because he didn't know what angle or story uh, Vince sorry he didn't know what story or angle Vince McMahon would give him okay and didn't know what he would do to the character that he'd spent his whole life building sure he was very very wary of it and he just didn't trust it he didn't know if they'd like destroy Sting or whatever yeah so he was was, but for whatever reason they convinced him to come over and uh, so you've got Triple H, right? Do you know what Triple H is? Oh yeah, you know, absolutely. Right? So he's like the authority or whatever. He's a executive with WWF, and he hasn't wrestled in a long time. Yeah. But he's causing trouble or whatever, and Sting keeps showing up to save the day with his baseball bat and beating the crap out of people and <laughs> right, like doing all the stuff he did in WCW. And so then he challenges Triple H to a match at uh, WrestleMania, like WrestleMania 31 or something. I don't know. Okay. Yeah. But this match was amazing. Like it was just and this absolutely is, so this amazing. Is Sting versus Triple H. Yeah, at WrestleMania. Okay. And it was so awesome that the crowd just starts like stamping their feet and they're like, "This is awesome!" Right? Like <laughs> that's how awesome it was. It was just two top-notch professionals, and like the match just didn't stop. Like it was just big move after big move after big move after big move, comeback after comeback. Like Triple H brings out his sledgehammer, and then Sting brings out his baseball bat, and then he breaks the sledgehammer in half. Oh yeah, right. And then Degeneration X comes out. Do you remember Degeneration X? I know the name, but I don't know. Like, they they that ran was around like this club, right? Like a yeah, it was a yeah. They call it a stable, like in okay the lingo. 
sure. but it was Triple H's stable, and it had like okay. Shawn Michaels, and it had X Pac, and a bunch of those other guys. Sure. So Degeneration X shows up, and they start beating the crap out of Sting. <laughs> And then the NWO music starts, and Hogan, Scott Hall, and Kevin Nash show up. Oh, so cow. it was just this like total nostalgic like clash of the champions, and uh, yeah. And then like Sting, he jumps off the ropes and does like a stinger splash onto like three guys. <laughs> He's like in his fifties, and you can tell because his hairline's Jeez. starting to recede and stuff sure, like that. Yeah. yeah, like and he and he looks a little like he's still buff, but he's a little rounder around the middle. Like he's yeah. looking. Not it's as not tight. looking young. And I'm just like, that guy just jumped 12 feet and landed on three people? Like, whoa. Like, Yeah, I can't imagine my dad doing that. <laughs> you know? I can I can imagine your dad doing that because I've seen his pull-up bar and that he used oh, to have in his office. That and, was 15 years ago. Oh, well, well, imagine my dad doing it. No, like, <laughs> can't do that either. My dad is a 50 that did not age well. A 55 that's not <laughs> age well. more like a 70. So... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I can't think of many guys that age or even younger that could do that, you know? Yeah. And yeah. just like, not just do it, but they could just could do it and then just stand up and like continue on with the performance. Like it was like a 20 minute, like it wasn't a short match either. Like it was a, it was a main event kind of deal. It was a, a big show, right? Yeah. And yeah. Just, yeah. But it was like Triple H ends up winning. They shake hands at the end. <laughs> I don't oh, know if they're shaking now. hands for show or if it's like an actual sign of respect. Sure. In my imagination, I imagine that it's actually like, man, like thanks for the match. This was awesome. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> it's all fake. It's all fake anyway. So I'm just gonna imagine that because yeah, you might as who well. Cares, right? Yeah. Well, at least you're not calling the police, but it sounds like maybe you're about to. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty close, but it was just oh man, that match was amazing. So it you're watching this and you're good. like about to call and Ashley's like, you're not going to call the cops, are you? Like, no, I'm not an no. idiot. I know this isn't real. This, and your this hand aired... slowly slides away from your phone. Like... I'm just, I'm watching it on YouTube. So I'm watching it like three years after the event or whatever. Right? I, I don't know if that would change things for some people. <laughs> and what there was, there was one match in WCW. It was like, it was Hogan, Hulk Hogan, Sting and Goldberg versus Kevin Nash, Jeez. Scott Hall and like Rick Steiner or something. But that is just like the crowd does not stop screaming until the match is over. <laughs> like it was just this <laughs> ultimate match of the champions, right? That's like, awesome, just man. Amazing. Yeah. Is it this big outdoor thing? I'm just looking at clips yeah. here. The one with Triple H and Sting is the big outdoor WrestleMania. Yeah, yeah. And there's like the Terminator. Is it that Triple H that comes up dressed like Terminator? Dressed up as Terminator. They were trying to cross promote with Terminator Genesis. Great. <laughs> but that match, that match. Had probably seventy times the amount of acting ability huh. that all of Terminator Genesis. Had. <laughs> well, well, I mean, yeah, the season. Or I pros, shouldn't say man. ability, but like, well, I, I, I Genesis had Amelia Clark and that other guy, and uh, and Christian Bale, man, I'm a fan of Christian Bale. But he wasn't in Genesis. He was in uh, Oh Salvation. You're mixing up movies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which one was Genesis? The newest one. The newest one. Yeah. Yeah, wasn't as good. No. So, but yeah, that that match was definitely a better performance. If they had just taken that match and like sw- swapped that out for the movie, probably would have had a higher box office. <laughs> they probably did. Watch. I mean, yeah, they're in some football stadium somewhere, and it's like packed. There's oh, yeah. a lot of people here. Yeah, it is. It was absolutely amazing. I think like 
that match too, the crowd does not stop screaming and cheering wow. until it's over. Like it was just a total clash of the titans. I wonder how many and people showed up to this. It's got to be like around, I don't know, between thirty and forty thousand, right? Like in a stadium that big. I think that's a big stadium. I, I know I, that's Plus how many fit. Seats. That's how many fit in uh, in Calgary at McMahon. And I, this looks like a U.S. like a college stadium that's probably got like eighty. Forty thousand in McMahon? Are you kidding yeah, it's, me? Yeah, it's like thirty, thirty-two, thirty-four, and change. Oh like crap! Have you even been to McMahon? That can't. Dude, be. maybe it's maybe it's eighteen. Look it up. <laughs> Forty, eighteen thousand. I think it's thirty something. Yeah. Maybe so when they, they WrestleMania thirty-one was at the uh, the San oh, Francisco Forty Nine ers Stadium, and there were seventy. Eight seventy-seven thousand seats. Right. Okay. Filled. Yeah. Wow. McMahon Stadium was it was thirty-five thousand. Then they increased it to yeah. forty-six for the. Uh, wow. I had no idea it was that big. Yeah, man. Wow. But it's not that big. Like it's that's yeah, a lot yeah. of people, but relative yeah. to to stadiums, it's not really that. Well, Saddle Dome's only twenty thousand. Oh yeah. But maybe because I mean, no one cares about sports different. here. <laughs> and and why would they? <laughs> fair fair point yeah <laughs> this is an interesting like it's just kind of showing highlights on this little thing i'm watching yeah and like these are like athletic dudes man oh yeah like it was awesome they're old but they're just like high intensity they're not oh yeah um they're not like slow and lumbering they're yeah they're pushing yeah it's pretty impressive yeah Wow, and Sting's got a bald spot showing through the hair, and yeah, he's just doing that scorpion deathlock like nobody's business. Oh, here oh, comes yeah. somebody to save the day. Who's that guy? Degeneration X. It's DX, baby. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, man. Awesome. Wow. When NWO comes out, it is just you're like, no way. Like, <laughs> what else can they do here? Ugh. And when was this? What year was this? 2015. 2015. Not that I've like tattooed it on my arm or anything. <laughs> but... <laughs> wow, the highest grossing live event in WWE history. I'm not surprised. Like, oh, and I it think... broke. It broke the attendance record for the stadium. <laughs> That's crazy. More people yeah. went to that than went to the to the Niners games. I'm not surprised. Like, they really hyped up the Sting thing. I think you had wow. enough fans who were happy to see Sting finally come over to WWE. Sure. Because he was just... And even, like, I think they would announce... They would talk about Sting even before he came over. And they would say, he's the greatest wrestler who has not signed with us. Wow. Wow. Like, so they even... They were hyping him up before he came over. And then sure. he comes over. When he first comes over, it's like... Randy Orton standing there with a steel chair and you've got Triple H and all his goons that are about to attack him. And then the lights go out and you hear this crow squawk. And then the lights come back on and Sting's in the ring with a baseball bat. <laughs> and then... Uh, so good. You have this other one where they've got I don't know, some guy named Roman Reigns who I guess is like... I don't know, has been the world champion or whatever. They, Triple H is going to unveil this statue of him, this life-size statue in the ring. And they brought, drop the cloth down and Sting's there with a baseball bat. <laughs> He's everywhere. He's everywhere. They just did like the exact thing that made him so awesome in WCW. Like WWE just took that and, and ran with it and hyped up this big match with Triple H. 
Wow. And it just kept building. And he didn't actually wrestle a match until he wrestled Triple H at WrestleMania. So it was just this constant hmm. hype. He'd show up and save the day kind of thing, but didn't wrestle an actual So he'd match. been working for WWE for a while, but yeah. not really wrestling. Not actually wrestling, just showing up with a baseball bat and huh. being awesome. Wow. Man, that's great. These guys know how to, like, they have a big fan base. Oh, yeah. I wonder what their demographic is. How do they... How do you do it? I haven't watched wrestling in a long, long time, and I don't know if I would if I would be into it. Like, I think if I went to a show, I would really enjoy it. Oh, but yeah. But I don't know if I could watch it on TV every week or whatever. I don't think I could follow the story. Any, like, you know what I mean? And even when I was a kid and I watched it, I couldn't get too much into the story. Yeah. But um, I think... I Like, I love watching all the old old matches on uh on youtube like just yeah. watching the old stuff sure we're just watching highlight reels and it like it is just awesome it's so funny yeah it's so interesting like it's so cheesy but people are calling the cops <laughs> i can't believe that that's the thing that's just bottling my mind man like that How? was what that was Eric Bischoff's just like his brainchild is like he was trying to cross promote with WWF for a while. He was trying right. to say like let's have some of our guys fight your guys and let's cross promote. And he kept getting stonewalled, so he's just like, Okay, let's well, do this fake invasion thing. Yeah, we're gonna do it anyways. Yeah. Without your permission. But, like I think bringing signing over these old guys for a lot of money over at WCW yeah. I think that actually solved a problem for WWE because it's once you get these guys who are like too big to fail, it's like how do we get rid of them? Sure. But if you look at it from Vince McMahon's perspective, I think at first it's like, oh, they're taking our top guys and they're beating us in the ratings. But now we've just got all this room to bring up Stone Cold Steve Austin, The Rock, John Cena, Triple H, all those guys who are awesome. And WCW wasn't able to do that because they brought over all these old guys and were paying them a huge amount of money. And like Hulk Hogan had ultimate creative control over everything. So he had the final say over every decision. Right. And so it's just like he WCW in a way just took all of WWF's future problems away and gave them room to grow up some other things. Sure. I think. And I think, like, in an interesting way, it was capitalism at work, like the idea of competition making things better. Yeah. WCW comes in, seems to undercut them. WWF bounces back and says, okay, we know how to grow superstars. We've been growing superstars for 50 years. Right. We're just going to grow new superstars. So here's a – so take our old guys. It's fine, and we'll just move yeah, on. Yeah, take our old guys. We'll keep going. So, like, The Rock – like, you look at the guys in WCW who've gone on to do movies or really anything else. Yeah. None of them really did anything. But then, like, John Cena, The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin even. It, like, huh. Stone Cold Steve Austin was in more movies than Hogan was. Really? Even Yeah, they're, like, crappy, like, direct-to-video movies that are made by okay. WWE. But Okay, sure. Like, <laughs> he's still been in a few action movies. The Rock is a superstar now. More famous yeah. for being in movies than for being a wrestler. Absolutely. So, like, they know how to grow superstars. Huh. WCW, they had one homegrown star that was Goldberg. and Oh, he was a WCW guy. 
Yeah, he started in WCW. Okay. Like, he played for the Atlanta Falcons. He was a football player for a while. Okay. And then he came over to WCW, and his storyline was amazing. Like, he had this undefeated streak. Yeah, that's right. So and I remember him in, like, junior high, I think, was when yeah. he was, was like, a thing. And everybody, everybody, no one was watching wrestling. I mean, people were, I guess, but everyone knew Goldberg. Yeah. You know? And he, yeah, he was awesome, and he started there. They grew him there. He was their first homegrown star, and they did this thing because he got all this NWO drama going on, and then all of a sudden this Goldberg guy appears, and they try and interview him after matches, and he just, like, give the interviewer a look of disgust and walk away. Like, they didn't have him talk. They just made him this absolute, like, menace. Yeah. Or not menace, but just this, like, cold, I don't give an F about anything except winning. Right. Just he had a destructive his... force of nature. Yeah. He does the spear. Knocks you out. Yeah. Had the biggest traps in the world. <laughs> and then he was gone. Like, I think in a way his matches were kind of boring because he was just like three power moves and the, the match was over. So he'd do, mm. he'd do his big suplex and he'd do his spear and then it was over. <laughs> and I think he'd do like a fireman's carry or he'd, he'd do a overhead press with the guy. Okay, sure. And he'd drop them and then he'd do his big suplex and then he'd give the spear, and then he'd pin them. And then, like, the five minutes before that, he'd get beat up for a bit. And... Right. But his matches were super boring. Huh. Because he's just three power moves and over. Sure. But his story, people loved. <laughs> they loved it. And I think, like, even just his raw power, people like to watch. Sure. And I think when you're a kid, it's like, oh, my gosh, this guy's amazing. Yeah, yeah. He was he was the guy. Yeah. But they... um. Do you remember, like, we watched Starcade 1999. We I had it taped. Okay. And you and a couple other guys came over and we watched it. Do you remember this? It I, started out with Billy Kidman, Juventud Guerrero, and Rey Mysterio doing a three-way match for the... Okay. And Kidman does, like, a shooting star press off the turnbuckle onto the ground, not onto the ring, and he lands on Rey Mysterio and Juventud. Okay. Do you nice. remember this? No, like, man. And then it was just, like... Oh, they get each other into holds, and it was just like they do a reversal, and then the other guy would reverse the reversal, and the reverse of the reversal of the reversal. Because <laughs> that's what, that was what they did, right? They did. Just yeah. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. It was just like yeah. 15 minutes of this nonstop, like, who can one up the other guy with more high flying, like, more ridiculous <laughs> right. acrobatics, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so that Starcade, Goldberg and Kevin Nash are going to duke it out for the heavyweight title. Okay. Kevin that's... Nash at Kevin Nash won the sixty man three ring battle royale at World cool. War Three. Man, that's gotta be a fight. Holy cow. They put they have three rings and the whole they have one battle royale at the end that's got twenty guys in each ring. Jeez. But throughout the whole event they can wrestle within all three rings. You can cross rings and go wherever yeah. you want. So it was like like it was anyway. Does it so start Kev... with sixty people? Yeah. Or does it start with like Five on five. No, or whatever. it starts with sixty people. Twenty no! people. Oh man, yeah. that's got to be exhausting. Can you imagine? Well, that Whoever was like wins? their one because uh, WWE does Royal Rumble before their before WrestleMania, and the winner of the Royal Rumble gets a shot at the heavyweight title or whatever. Okay. And so their Royal Rumble is just a twenty-person battle royale in one ring, and then WWCW is like, "We'll we'll take your one ring and raise it three. And they're probably in some meeting. They're like. What if we double it? We have two rings, and someone's like, "Why stop at two? Two, and then We've everyone got... just has this moment. 
Why stop at two and everyone's eyes just widen and brains explode? And that's we've, it. We've got three rings. Like <laughs> Let's we use own them all. more than one. Let's use them all. We have sixty wrestlers. <laughs> we've got them. We, we, yeah. Wow. So they so Kevin Nash wins that. He gets his shot at Goldberg, and Goldberg like knocks him down, and he's waiting. He's waiting for Kevin Nash to get up so that he can spear him. But then Scott Hall comes out. He's disguised as a security guard, and he has a taser, and he tases Goldberg. And Kevin Nash misses the whole thing because he was dazed, and then he pins Goldberg for the win. And it was like, that is what you do with your your big – you just get a cheap shot at the end. Like it was – I remember after watching that, and I was just being like – I was like, seriously? And I was only 12. But I was like, seriously? Like I – was so psyched to watch Starcade and we didn't my dad was too cheap for pay-per-view so one of his friends would always tape right 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 pay-per-view yeah and I so that. my dad gets it taped and then he like forgets to bring it home from work one day and then he forgets to bring it home from work the next day and then <laughs> finally he brings it home from work and my dad's been watching it all week and he's you know I finally get to watch it and it's like he just gets a taser <laughs> it's just a cheap shot and you take out the big guy who is going to destroy Kevin Nash, who had been acting like a douchebag up until this point, like, what Just the didn't, heck? We didn't do it justice for you. And then at the Nitro after that, but it's like call it, the only the only way you can kill Goldberg. I uh, you I gotta don't know. tase him. I think the way they needed what they needed to do was they needed to grow a challenger up, someone uh, who could take on Goldberg. Sure. Like Maybe pull another have, sting thing. A guy that's like in the shadows or that you keep hearing about, this up and comer who's not yeah. losing any matches. Or or another well, or I don't, just I don't who know. has like a but I mean, if you already did that with Goldberg, how many times can you do that? Do it's like it, having it a Death be, Star in, in three Star Wars movies. No one would ever do that because it would be <laughs> no, so, so stupid. And who would watch that? And who, who would pay money to watch that twice, yeah. maybe? I mean two times maybe, but then mm. obviously you never do it a third time. Never. That'd be crazy. Oh, I'm talking about who would pay twice to see the third Death Star. Yeah, no, which I may or may not have done. But <laughs> well, I certainly saw it more than twice. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I didn't notice like that. Uh, that the, the Force Awakens was a carbon copy of A New Hope in the theater. I just oh, was really? watching it, and I was like, "Frick, this is a Star Wars movie." It just felt so much more like a Star Wars yeah. movie than the prequels did. Yeah, and probably just because like the setting was really good, the costumes were amazing. There wasn't too much CG. Like all of the practical effects looked on par with the way they should look from the old ones, you know, from the original yeah. trilogy. And um, it was a little funnier, maybe it was a little lighter. But then again, maybe not. Han Solo kept things light. Yeah. So it, it just felt like a Star Wars movie, like the the vibe, you know, the character. And I was in love until freaking Starkiller base. And I was like, come on. I was like yeah. the biggest fan of Force Awakens. And I just felt mm-hmm. like if even I at this point am upset about Starkiller base, then there's a problem here. Yeah. So dumb. Anyways. Anyways. Okay. Nitro. The Nitro after Starcade. Okay. Kevin Nash gets up there. He's supposed to fight Hogan for the title. And they call this the finger poke of doom. <laughs> so... <laughs> You've had, like at this point in time, NWO, pretty much everybody has been a part of NWO at some point in time, and then it divided into two factions, the NWO Wolfpack, which was red, and NWO Hollywood, which was white. Oh, sure. 
And so Hollywood Hulk Hogan comes out to wrestle Kevin Nash. And then Hulk Hogan looks at him and then pokes him in the shoulder. And he lays down and Hogan pins him to take the title back. And then NWO reunifies. And all the NWO guys come out and they're cheering in the ring. And I'm like, this is so stupid. <laughs> but that was not the end of the stupid gimmicks that they started pulling. Like it was – Okay. You take WCW at the start and they say we're going to be everything opposite of WWF. We're not right. going to do stupid gimmicks. We're going to be gritty and real. And within like three years, they're doing stupid gimmicks. Back to the same thing. They're doing the exact same thing. Sure. And, uh, like, they even had, you know the wrestler Gold Dust? Oh, yeah, 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 sure. Like, you know the name, like, and he was this weird transvestite character. Yeah. Like, that was actually part of his story was he was a transvestite. Okay. All or right. trans whatever, trans human, trans sexual. Tr- trans something. Trans. Don't just say trans. Yeah. Um, And then he, they bring him over, and he's Dusty Rhodes. That's his actual name. Okay. So Dusty Rhodes comes over and they call him Seven and he wears all white face paint and has like a trench coat and he comes into the ring on a on a like on a flying fox kind of thing. Okay. And yeah. uh he, he lands in there and he says he's just like cuz the Rhodes family has a long history with wrestling like before WWCW WF WCW the whole they kind of predate all that they've got a long history with it okay and he just talks about everything his family's given for the business and he's like the reason why I left WWF was cuz of stupid gimmicks and I come over here and they give me this stupid gimmick he's saying it live on TV huh right he's just trashing them for their stupid gimmicks and i think that was another thing they had a problem with was they had no real leadership because just wrestlers could do dumb crap like this and get away with it and face no real repercussions. Like there was no accountability for anyone. Ooh, interesting. Okay. But they did other stupid, like there was this movie called ready to rumble with David Arquette. Mm-hmm. And he's like, his family's all police officers and, but he's in love with professional wrestling and his family keeps telling him it's fake. And he's like, it's not fake. It's real. <laughs> and then his favorite wrestler gets gypped. So he, he goes to try and fight them. And it was, you have a bunch of WCW wrestlers who are in it. Like, it, it, it was all based in WCW, right? Right. And uh, they end up bringing him in to wrestle some matches, and he ends up winning the world title in real life. <laughs> okay, sure. David Arquette. So on accident. The we, No, it was they wanted David Arquette, I guess, for cross-promotion for this movie or whatever, to no, win sure. the world title. So he wins oh, it. Oh, wait. So he not in the movie. He won in, in real life. He's, <laughs> if you go to his go to his wiki page <clears throat> and there will be a section called uh, professional wrestling career and then there will be another section called championships what the heck are you looking at it right now WCW yeah. world yeah. heavyweight champion what is going on yeah and they brought Jay Leno in for a tag team match this is all WCW stuff yeah. yeah, like they, these are the kind of gimmicks they start doing. Hmm. Kiss comes on and lip syncs God of Thunder and introduces their wrestler called the Demon. Right. And he wears like Gene Simmons face paint. And their idea was that they were going to have a whole Kiss-themed stable. Sure. And he was just the first. And then that, like, they ended up getting bought out before they could thankfully introduce <laughs> that idea. I mean, as a kid, I was like, this is awesome, a Kiss wrestler. And then I watched them introduce it and i'm like oh they're lip syncing 
<laughs> Not uh, as good as that now. Not so good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so why do they go back to to gimmicks then? If they start I think, with this uh idea that they're going to be opposite of WWF, they're not going to do this stupid crap and then but they end up doing it in 3 years. Why? What's with that? A couple things. So I one was a lack of leadership. So they and, just have no real clear visionary okay. Well, what happened to Bischoff? You say that they have no leadership, but like, what's the Eric Bischoff guy? So I, thought I think he was running the show. There's two ways. Like, I think the the biographers for Bischoff will say that he just he he became friends with all the top wrestlers, like with Kevin Nash and Hulk Hogan and all these guys. Yeah. And he just you know pandered to them. If you talk to Bischoff, and I believe this one a little bit more, is that um, once uh, Turner Broadcasting saw that. WCW was profitable. Like Eric Bischoff turned the first profit in WCW's history. Okay. Like it used to just be the joke in the portfolio. It was like Ted Turner's pet project. He just sure. had a wrestling company because he wanted one, I even see. if it didn't make money. As soon as it started making money, corporate starts taking control, and he starts having to jump jump through a lot more hoops, and jump through a bit more bureaucracy, and he doesn't have as much creative control as right. what he used to have. And so the thing that's, that made it good starts to go away. Yeah, and I think that was the advantage that WWE had was that even though, and I don't know if they'd gone public at this point in time, but uh, the McMahons controlled everything. And even now the McMahon family owns like 40% of the stock and 83% of the voting power. And so Vince still like calls every match. Like he makes, every decision goes through him. And he still has and maintains a lot of control over the company, whereas at WCW... Like, they weren't owned by a wrestling company. They were owned by a broadcasting media conglomerate that right. didn't really care about it. You know? And the McMahon family... So, like, so they start making money, and then they're like... Oh, we well, need to manage you. Well, and we need to make more money, and let's look at the, the only other company that's doing this, and they're gimmicky, so let's do that. Yeah. I think they wanted to try... Eric Bischoff said he kept getting sanitized. Like, he had to keep trying to make things more family-friendly and more family-friendly and more family-friendly. Which I kind of get, because as you're talking about the KISS thing, and I'm like, a lot of this is kind of like... You know, some of the best movies, I think, as I say that, best has a different definition in this case, but some great movies, I mean, newer Disney and Pixar and stuff, are awesome because the kids love them, but I laugh my head off. Like, they've got... You know, they've got a ton of adult-oriented um, humor. Yeah. Or at least, I shouldn't say that, but, like... But, you know, things that grown-ups will find funny, but the kids still like the movie, too. So, my kids want to go see, you know, Toy Story. I'll gladly go see Toy Story. They'll love it, and I'll love it. And I, I think, to a degree, wrestling's got to do the same thing. You see a lot of kids in the crowd, right? Yeah, well, I think, like, so, WWE at this point in time or WWF at this point in time, like they'd gone, they called it the attitude era and they went very PG 13. Okay. And so I don't, as opposed like, to what had they previously been, they were just like real gimmicky and silly, but that's where you get, like you start, they okay. introduce the divas and then they have like uh, strip matches and evening gown matches. And, okay. Sure. You know, they, they start getting a little their, more, a little more white trashy. Well, like and, you have some of these. And I remember watching it as a kid and like i'm starting to notice girls and stuff like that but i'm still at a point where now you are like it no no when like I was this 12. week oh no, okay shut up when i'm 12 
I'm noticing girls, but I'm still at a point where like a full on naked woman would make me uncomfortable. Do you know what I mean? Like right now you are. No, when I was 12, you have 12. Got it. Sorry. I keep getting like 10 between the age of 10 and 12. You're still like, okay. Like girls are interesting, but seeing an actual naked one, like, I don't know how to handle that. Yeah. And so like, but you have wrestlers, like girl wrestlers who take their tops off and they're pretty much wearing nipple pasties. Right. Right. And I remember seeing some of that, and I'm like, this is a little – like, should I tell my parents that I saw something bad on TV? Like, I don't <laughs> right. I don't know how to process this, right? Sure. Like, I'm a little young for this. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, it, so you had a little bit more of that. Like, Stone Cold Steve Austin would shake out two cans of beer and smash them on his head. Like, right. There's a lot of that kind of stuff going on in in WWE, and apparently they watered it down. People say they're in a, like a PG era, so they've mm-hmm. kind of watered that down to become more family friendly. But now they have. Yeah, I guess maybe yeah. like the last ten years they've become a little bit more of a family thing. That's interesting. I wonder. People what, are hoping. I wonder hoping why. I wonder what sparked that kind of stuff. Become maybe they have fam- to. Maybe they just have to do this perpetual cycle. Yeah. Which would kind of make sense because I think we've talked about movies sort of doing that too, right? Yeah. Where they have to go from, from like, you know, polished bright white Superman to the Dark Knight Rises, Christopher Nolan, dark, yeah. or whatever. I know you yeah. don't like dark, gritty words, but whatever you said, <laughs> you know. And then it's going to have to like rebound at some point. Everything's dark and like low light filters and, yeah. and dirty these days, but yeah. we're going to have to rebound in the next 510. All these movies are going to be bright again. Yeah, and maybe wrestling has to do that too to stay relevant. You just can't keep playing the same show over and over. Yeah, for sure. So I think that's they become more family friendly. But so anyway, like WCW was always more family friendly in the regard that they had no girl wrestlers. They didn't really have people stripping, like mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff that my parents would make me change the channel for. They didn't have. Sure. They never had it in the first place. So I can't imagine how much more family, like it was the family friendly show. Right. So how much more family-friendly can you get? Well, TBS is going to find out a way to make it more family-friendly. And so it just ends up becoming like this weird thing. And then Turner ends up – they sell to Time Warner, and then Time Warner merges with AOL. And Time Warner and AOL really have no interest in running a wrestling show. Huh. So they, I think they decided to sell it off. Like it wasn't like they um, – Oh, interesting. WWE came with the buyout. They were like, we want to get rid of this thing. Wow. Okay, so it just kind of, and WWF, WWE, I guess at the time says, okay, sure. Well, so while Eric Bischoff had actually got a group of investors together and made an offer before WWF did. Okay. Like this was his brainchild. This was his baby. This was everything he sweated and sacrificed for. Right. But he couldn't secure broadcasting rights with another network or he lost it or whatever network huh. he got broadcasting rights with pulled it and AOL said or whatever we're going with WWE cuz they can broadcast it still so okay or the sorry Bischoff's investors pulled out when he said like I've lost our uh, network oh like his investors they didn't want to look around for another network they didn't want to buy it right. and try and find one they just said okay well we See were later. interested as long as you have broadcasting and you don't have broadcasting, so now we're not interested. Right. Yeah. Which makes sense. I mean, I wouldn't want to invest in a TV show that couldn't be on TV. Yeah. 
<laughs> hard to make money oh, that way. Hard to, but they didn't want to go out and look. They didn't want to take it and say, "Okay, we'll keep running this promotion. We'll do pay per views or whatever, yeah. and we'll try and find another network." They're just like, "Okay, done. We're done." Which that's an interesting thing too, because is it not really a big money maker? Um, I think it was becoming a decent money maker. Like I don't have financials in front of me, but you know, like TNA Impact, they got. They were running on Spike for a while. So okay. they got they were a, another promotion. They went out and they got the rights with Spike. And they were actually competing with WWE for, I don't know, probably 10 years. Mm-hmm. So the market was out there. It was just the investors were like, oh, you lost the... Okay, well, if you don't have that, then we don't care. It was They dropped him right away. Hmm. And I think it was like the morning he was going to sign the deal kind of thing he found out he lost broadcasting the investment <coughs> out. wow so that's brutal yeah and then wwf comes around and says yeah. they're gonna buy it yeah and then they've absorbed it how long did they run it independently before they just got they rid absorbed of it? it right away on the last nitro wow vince mcmahon does this thing on uh because vince mcmahon created a character for himself called mr mcmahon and okay. he's like this evil corporate over- overlord right right so like 90 percent of the time you see vince mcmahon it's not the actual vince mcmahon it's this mr mcmahon character that he's created right and so he comes on and he, he's even like the opening for nitro he's like i vince mcmahon bought my competition you guys better be worried kind of thing like he's sure. playing it up yeah and uh yeah so they yeah, and then they, I think they brought, so Ric Flair is still there, and Ric Flair comes, they have this storyline where Ric Flair, like, becomes the general manager of WWE and reveals that he actually owns 50% of the company. Okay. And gets into this power struggle with Vince McMahon and stuff. Like, it was just, yeah, it was funny. <laughs> just silly, but they kind of, they, they, I think that angle wasn't very popular, so they just got rid of it. But, I mean, there's some proof that, WCW is keeping its top talent down because there's quite a few people f- who left WCW and ended up becoming the world heavyweight champion in WWE. So huh. like Chris Benoit, um, Chris Benoit was awesome, right? I remember him. Yeah. Like, well, did you hear about like his double murder suicide? Um, I don't know. I, it rings a bell. In 2007, he killed his son, and then he killed his wife, and then he hung himself. Oh, jeez. So people don't really like talking about him anymore. But he had, you know how he did that atomic headbutt? Uh, sure. He'd, he'd do a diving headbutt off the turnbuckle. That was one of his finishing moves. That's probably awesome, but okay, and, but yeah. Like, so they did an autopsy, looked at his brain. He was messed up. Uh, like 70-year-old dementia patient kind of thing. I That's mean, what the doctor said about his brain. I was good. I almost made a joke about that. When you said it, and then I decided I didn't because it felt a little inappropriate. Uh, but I guess it was the truth. I mean, this is like that concussion movie. Exactly. It was the exact same kind of thing with his sure. brain from, and so he just kind of went. He went a bit crazy and. Uh, Jeez. Yeah. So they don't like they. They have scrubbed the memory of him as much as they possibly can from like all WCW media. Hmm. But anyway, like Chris Benoit was a hard worker. He was uh, like you hear other people talk about how good of a wrestler he was, and in, in not just like in the ring and out of the ring, he was a great guy and mentoring younger wrestlers and trying to bring other people up. But he like he he got the world heavyweight title. Uh, Rey Mysterio Jr. got the world 
heavyweight title, Big Show got the world heavyweight title, Chris Jericho, all these guys that came over. Huh. They all, so from the talent WCW was, went from WCW like, killed yeah. WWE. Yeah, they like the talent was there. It was just they were being pressed down by this heavy payroll and create like Hulk Hogan had 100% creative control. There's no way for these younger guys to rise up. They're still you're paying Randy Savage. Hmm. Still, you know, the guys get you know, Sting still, Rick Flair still, these guys are getting into their you know, 40s Sure, and, 50s. and they're just letting them like maintain yeah. try to try to keep their crap alive. So is that what it was? Was it an old boys club? It really, I think it was like if you start seeing how ridiculous, how ridiculous things started to become. Like Kevin Nash became a they call him Bookers, okay. so those are the guys who arrange matches. So Kevin Nash booked himself to beat Goldberg, and then books himself to lose it to Hollywood Hogan, and then like it's just all the silly kind hmm. of booking decisions, and they're booking great matches for themselves, and they're not really booking great matches for anybody else. Sure, yeah, and. uh like the NWO stayed top set and and center of WCW pretty much from when it started till when it like it was five years, but by that like everybody's been in it, everybody's been out of it. It's broken up. It's gone back together. Like it just stops being interesting, right? Yeah, it was. For sure. It was interesting when everybody thought it was real, and then when it became another gimmick, it's just like any other gimmick that wrestling's ever had. Yeah, you, you just they're short lived. You gotta you yeah. gotta milk it, but then you gotta move on when the time comes. Yeah. No one to quit. <laughs>